The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, we take a journey into the world of hormones and get some great info on how they can change throughout your life and how you can strike that ever-important balance. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town and tell you what's new at Mother's Market. But first up, we're joined today by two prominent physicians. Dr. Alan Sassen is the founder and medical director of the Institute for Progressive Medicine. He's been practicing medicine for over 40 years and is an associate clinical professor at UC Irvine Medical Center, plus a certified Defeat Autism Now physician. And Dr. Armand Zermeno is a board-certified physician specializing in internal and family medicine and anti-aging and he's also trained in nutrition, detoxification, and hormone replacement. And we welcome both of you to the Mother's Market Radio Show. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Great. Today we're talking about hormones. So, Dr. Der- Dr. Zermeno, what are hormones? Hormones are uh, an amazing part of our body. <laughs> it's just a, it, I love talking about hormones because I think that it, it makes such a difference in our, in our lives. Uh, hormones are basically the, the UPS, the Federal Express of our body. <laughs> I like how you describe You know, the, the brain and the nerves are the internet, the computer mm-hmm. and the internet. But the hormones are the UPS, Federal Express. They take the message. They get it from the brain. They get it from some places, uh, special organs. And they go and travel to the whole body, and they're going to bring the message to whatever it needs to go. Uh, it could be uh, female hormones, it could be male hormones, it could be thyroid, it could be insulin, uh, it could be uh, growth hormone. Uh, so they're the messengers of the body. They're producing one organ and they go to uh, another organ uh, or, or through many cells to many parts of the body, wherever they have receptors, to uh, affect and create a, a function. So they deliver the message and the cells produce the um, take take the orders and then and then uh, do the function I love it I love that uh, the way you describe that Dr. Zormeno what is that what is a common misconception of hormones by the public unfortunately and uh, very sadly that people have a very very sad misconception of hormones they when you hear hormones they immediately think cancer People, unfortunately, have this misconception. Hormones equal cancer. And it's sad. It is sad because it's not true. So a lot of people are basically walking around without hormones and suffering because of the fear of uh, getting treatment with with hormones. Now, why is this uh, misconception? Why, Why people think about cancer? Well, because for many years and... I was doing it myself too. I, I was prescribing these drugs that are not hormones. They're synthetic hormones. They're not hormones. You know, let me explain to you. If I decided to do a study, a research with cars, I'm just gonna give you a little example. And then I wanna see if the gasoline is bad for your car that's supposed to have gasoline. Okay, your car was created to use gasoline, 
But I'm going to do the study, and then I'm going to say that I'm going to see if the engine is going to get damaged by the gasoline. And at the end of the study, I publish the study, and I conclude that the gasoline is very bad for your car, and it damages your engine. Okay? So everybody's going to panic and not going to put gasoline in their car. Okay, let's find, you know, what's wrong, what's going on. Okay, but see, the problem is that I lied to you. And I never told you that in my study, I used diesel instead of gasoline. Mm. It's almost the same. It's almost gasoline. So why should I call it diesel? It's gasoline. So I do the research. I tell you that the, the gasoline is bad for you, but I never use gasoline. I use diesel in the study. So the cars are damaged. Well, this is exactly what happened with the hormones, okay? We were using synthetic hormones, which are the diesel instead of the gasoline. We're using these synthetic hormones for years. They're not hormones. Those are chemicals. Now, our body doesn't know what to do with it, so we start developing cancer, heart attacks, strokes, and all these complications, and now we just jump and get scared and then say, no more hormones for women, no more hormones for anybody because they cause cancer, heart attacks, stroke. Stop using hormones. And I was there when I was practicing. They told us no more hormones. So what do we do? We stop all the women from using hormones. And then what do they do now? They suffer. They develop the osteoporosis. They develop their, their uh, fatigue, their depression. And what are we doing now? Well, we're treating them only with medication that has nothing to do with hormones. So we substitute that because we're afraid of using hormones. Now what are we doing? We're using antidepressants. Okay, let's do something that give you an antidepressant and that give you something to block those hot flashes. But we're not putting those hormones back into your system because we created that fear and that lie that the hormones are bad for you. We've been having hormones since we reached puberty, okay? Our hormones are natural, they're there. Now, this is again very common sense. Now, let's, let's say hormones are so bad for you. Okay, when well, you're 25 years old, male or female, your hormones are sky high. Your hormones are high and you're functioning great and you barely get sick. At that age, you don't get sick, okay? Now what happened? Why if hormones are so bad for you, when you're 25 and your hormones are sky high, we don't see so many patients with breast cancer or prostate cancer. When, when, are we going, when is when we see more cancer and complications and heart attacks and strokes and a bunch of things? When you reach menopause or men after the age of 50 when the testosterone drops. Then we can see that cancer of the prostate um, coming. We can see that, uh, you know, the, the incidence of cancer goes high. So if the hormones are so bad, why don't we see young people with cancer? Mm -hmm. So we always blaming the hormones on everything. The hormones are there for a reason, okay? Now, the problem is that many patients say, well, I just want to grow all naturally because God intended that way. We're supposed to not use any hormones because if God says stop the hormones at the age of 50, why are we putting hormones in our body? Well, when you look at the evolution, uh, many, many years ago, people didn't live more than 60 years old. They die at the age of 40 or 50. I mean, when you look at the, the story, a lot of people die early. We didn't live up to the 90s and 100s that are now living. Uh, 
We see a lot of people in the 80s, a lot of people in the 90s, and they're healthy. But but he, we say, okay, let, let it go natural. What's going to happen when you let it go natural? You are going to have 40 or 50 years without hormones. You're going to develop your osteoporosis and get a lot of fractures and be miserable. Your skin is going to wrinkle. You're going to lose your hair. You're going to have problems sleeping, and you're going to have fatigue, and you're going to feel miserable. Do you really want to live 40 years that you have left miserable because you want to age naturally? Or you're going to try to use your hormones, natural hormones, I'm not talking about synthetic hormones, that are going to give you a very nice life for the next 45 years. Well, that's food for thought, and that is uh, definitely, uh, I know it was such a misconception, and and of course it was out there when uh, just a few years ago with those synthetic hormones, and we all thought we were doing the wrong thing. What is the conventional approach regarding hormones? Again, you know, sadly is that we were told many years not to uh, use any hormones. Mm-hmm. And I see that every day. My patients come over. They see their, their primary care doctor. They're all upset because their doctors don't want to give them uh, medication. Mm-hmm. They, they cannot convince their doctors to give the medication or hormones, talking about hormones, because the, unfortunately the majority of the doctors are not aware of the hormones. So they still have that mentality and the conception that the hormones are bad for you because all they know are the synthetic hormones. They're not familiar with bioidentical hormones or natural hormones. They only know synthetic. And they are going to say no. And I'm glad they say no because then they would treat the patient with synthetic hormones that are toxic for you. And then that's when we see all the complications. Doctor, what's the difference between bioidentical and synthetic? Well, let's talk about men versus yeah. nature. Okay. Okay, who's going to do best? Men created the synthetic hormones. They manipulate the formula. See, let's think about it. The hormones are there. They already were created by God. They, they're natural. They're there. But you cannot patent what already exists. That's God's property. It's not our property. So you cannot sell stuff that already there. So what do you do? You get a hormone, you manipulate it, you change the formula, and now you call it Provera instead of progesterone, and then you sell that as a hormone. The same thing with the Premarin. You get a horse urine, and then you say, oh, this is estrogen. We're not horses. Again, we're humans, mm. okay? You don't use horse uh, hormone to use in human. So now you use the synthetic hormones. Now. Is that natural? Is that what we intended to have? No. But now you have the natural hormones. The plants make hormones for us. Yam, soy, all the plants, they make hormones that are identical to the structure of a hormone. We call them bioidentical hormones. That's what it means, bioidentical hormones. Now, are you going to get toxic from using something natural like an, a bioidentical hormones? They're equal to the, to the, to the body, to, to the hormone, to the structure of a human hormone. So that's where bioidentical hormones come from versus a synthetic hormone. Now, the other problem of, of uh, hormones is that they've been used the wrong way. They, um, they are given... On, a, on a, the way they're not supposed to. The estrogen should not be taken by mouth, and they constantly prescribe as an oral hormone. Mm. Uh, think about it, your, your ovary doesn't release your estrogen, send it to your stomach, 
goes through your intestine and goes through your liver and then goes through your body. It goes directly into your blood. Mm. So why do we just put a pill in there that's supposed to be a hormone that's gonna have to go through your GI, through your liver, change the structure, and at the end you have something that was not even what you intended to put in there. It's, it's a completely different uh, structure. So now you have the complications. Now you have something that your body's trying to get rid of and then it's causing problems. Mm. So estrogen should not be taken by mouth. It has to be given either as a cream, as a pellet, injection, whatever, but not going through your stomach. Hmm. Wow, this is very interesting information and there's plenty more to learn from Dr. Sassen, so uh, please stay with us, we'll be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal, to provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with Her Life Stages. The first of its kind, comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. And welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to take the time to remind you if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for radio and listen to past shows. Plus, download healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Sassen and Dr. Zermeno. We're talking about hormones. So, Doctor, who needs hormones? Lots of people benefit from hormones. You know, normally we think about hormones as replacement for menopausal women uh, who are having hot flashes and night sweats and that kind of thing. But hormones can be beneficial for women beyond menopausal age as well. So it's effective in treating osteoporosis. Uh, it gives women more energy, makes them feel better, makes them look younger. They've done studies on that reduces the wrinkling in the face, that reduces urinary tract infections and maintains vaginal tissues. So there are many benefits for women. We don't tend to use hormone replacement in women prior to menopause. It isn't really as useful for that, although sometimes when women have trouble with menses, if they're having uh, pain or irregularity, sometimes we'll use hormones to help regulate that. But the vast majority of women that we treat have received hormones either menopausally or postmenopausally. We have women who are getting hormones in their 70s and 80s because they feel better with it. And I have one lady, we're actually using hormone pellets, which you insert under the skin, and they give you a stable level for three to four months. The level doesn't change, and it gives you a much more powerful effect. And she does sporting things. I forget whether it's dancing or running or what it is, but she's around 80. Wow. And she loves the hormones. She feels totally different. Her libido has changed substantially such that her husband kind of has to keep up with her. <laughs> and uh, she's really happy with it. Uh, but men benefit from hormones too. It's interesting what goes on with men. 
because testosterone deficiency is not always obvious. In, in women, the men see stop, you know, things are changing, it's very obvious. But in men, hormone levels tend to decline slowly as they get older. And in men who are 60, 70, and 80, if you measure testosterone levels, they may be extremely low. And the guys may be complaining of reduced libido, reduced energy, depression, which is a very common symptom of testosterone deficiency, and weight gain, especially abdominal weight, may all be signs of testosterone deficiency. And we see it also in men who are 30, 40, and 50 years old. Why is that going on? You know, why is there so much hormone deficiency in males these days? And I don't know whether it was going on in the past and nobody looked at it, mm-hmm. or whether there's things happening in our society that are, you know, putting guys at risk for more problems. I do know that substance abuse uh, from recreational drugs to alcohol, especially alcohol, can knock testosterone way, way down. I've seen fellows, you know, pretty young with testosterone levels in the 200 range or even the 100 range related to substance abuse, you know, whether it's uh, narcotics or cocaine or alcohol, they all can do that kind of thing. There's a lot of medical drugs that will also knock down hormone levels, particularly the antidepressant medications and the antipsychotic medications. There's other drugs as well that will do that. Stress does it. So a guy who loses his job or gets in a car accident or his wife yells at him too much or something like that, they can also have hormone deficiency because the regulation of testosterone production is is in the brain. The hypothalamus is right next to the pituitary and the hypothalamus is next to the rest of the brain. So upsets that occur, things that are stressors, can have the effect of turning off the hypothalamus, which turns off the pituitary, and the testicles don't get the message that they need to make testosterone. And this is a very common phenomenon. And sometimes it takes a long time to reverse. So testosterone can be very useful in those guys. How are hormones administered in both men and women? In women, we usually use them as transdermal creams which you get from a compounding pharmacy. We use compounding pharmacies basically because they'll give us whatever dose we ask for. Mm -hmm. Whereas the commercial brands, many of which are also bioidentical, you only get certain certain, uh, dosages, so you can't regulate it very well. And those are generally used as patches, which don't always stay on the skin or they cause itching. So we use the creams and the gels mostly, which women can put on their arms and legs. I mentioned pellets that can be placed under the skin, which we have a lot of women who are getting it that way. You make a very tiny incision on the upper part of the buttock, not where she sits, but above that, where there's not pressure. And you can insert those pellets, which are the size of a grain of rice, right under the skin. They don't need a stitch that you just put a Band-Aid over it and that's the end of it. But they get a constant level of estrogen and we usually will put in testosterone as well. Uh, for three to four months. I've seen them last as long as six to nine months, uh, but the average is about three to four months, and those are highly effective. You can give hormones as little pellets under the tongue or as drops under the tongue. We don't do that very often, and I try to avoid hormones given as something you take by mouth and swallow, because when you swallow hormones, they'll be absorbed and go through the liver first, which increases clotting factors. The other means of administration won't do that, but the oral hormones will increase the risk of forming blood clots, meaning things like thrombophlebitis 
and strokes and heart attacks, which is why people are worried about birth control pills, because that's what they do. But those are not bioidentical hormones. Also, they're not given the way we like to give them. The way we give hormones is much safer. In men, you can give testosterone also as a cream or a gel, which we do probably most often. We have guys who are getting testosterone as those pellets that you put in the skin of the buttocks, and they'll last about four months, sometimes five months in guys. You can give it to them as pellets that they put under the tongue as well. Men can take testosterone as an injection that they would give themselves or someone else gives to them once a week or so, usually about 100 milligrams. And that's quite effective as well. But all of these ways of giving testosterone, and, you know, and for women also, they're all quite effective. Uh, and you've mentioned a little bit about the bioidentical hormones uh, in here. So um, I guess uh, what are the complications of using bioidentical hormones? Bioidentical hormones mm-hmm. are, again, usually very safe. Uh, in women who have not had a hysterectomy, the uterus is still there, and estrogen stimulation sometimes will cause vaginal bleeding. Mm. This is not damaging. It's very safe, but women are sometimes bothered by this because they've finished having their period. They don't want to have any more bleeding. So that's something we have to deal with. And oftentimes we'll get like an ultrasound study to verify that the lining of the uterus is not, doesn't have something bad going on there. You want to measure the thickness of the lining of the uterus. And if that's in the right dimensions, things are, are safe. Then we have to work with the dosages to regulate the bleeding to something they can tolerate or sometimes we actually have to stop the hormones because you know they don't they don't like that to occur. Most of the time we can greatly reduce or eliminate the bleeding just by adjusting dosages. Okay. In men there's very little in the way of problems but you have to look at two things. One is the PSA which is a measure of prostate okay. gland size and activity and if the PSA starts to rise beyond half a point or a point uh, then we have to be worried about prostate cancer. Testosterone does not cause prostate cancer. That's been shown in a very large study that was done last year. So it doesn't cause prostate cancer, but it can make it grow, and it does raise the PSA in most guys a little bit. But if it raises it more than a point, as I mentioned, then we have to look into it. Either we study the prostate, get ultrasound studies, some guys get biopsies done, or you reduce or stop the testosterone to see what's going on with the PSA. If it goes down, then you can assume that the testosterone was doing it, and you can start it up again in a lower dose. If it doesn't go down and it's going up, then the rise is not connected with testosterone. Something else is going on, and they need further evaluation. You also have to check the blood count in guys getting testosterone because it always raises blood count, Mm. and you don't want it to go up too high because that would increase clotting risks. So we're always careful about that, but we basically don't see it, except in men who are getting the injections or the pellets, which are the stronger ways of taking it. The transdermal gels, the sublingual preparations, really don't raise blood count very much. And then uh, the benefits of hormones, then we've talked a little bit about, to kind of wrap things up, the, the benefits of hormones. Yeah, well, the benefits are sense of well-being. What kind of energy do you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do you want to get up and spend the whole day doing things, or you want to sit in a chair and be <laughs> depressed? But I've seen depression go away many times. I've seen a lot of people say, gee, I feel better. And with the pellets, 
that you have to replace every three or four months, the women know, and the men know also, because things start to flag. The libido goes down, the energy goes down, they may start to get depressed, they have this malaise, and they say, oh yeah, I haven't had pellets in three months. <laughs> they call us up, they come in, and you know they get them again. But there's a very substantial difference. My wife's been getting uh, hormones of different kinds for years, and now she's on the pellets, and I put them in, mm-hmm. and she loves them. She says, I, I would not live without my pellets. Uh, the main concern probably with hormones in women is breast cancer. That's mm-hmm. by far the thing I get questioned about the most. Mm-hmm. And it is a concern. You know, you have to, um, you want to make sure that she doesn't have breast cancer going on. You know, they should have breast examinations, maybe mammograms, maybe thermograms. Things should be clear before you get started on them. And they should have periodic evaluations, either manual, you know, where the doctor does it, or sometimes the person does it at home, or they should get mammograms or thermograms, whatever, you know, feels right to them. Generally, the hormones we use do not increase breast cancer risk. But again, they can make breast cancer evolve and grow, in my opinion. Some people would disagree with that. You know, Suzanne Summers has put out a lot of uh, her own opinion about female hormones, and she's was taking them right after her breast cancer was handled and she feels great with them and she's not stopping and she hasn't had any more breast cancer Uh, but you know you want to be secure about this and and women who have a family history of breast cancer or themselves a prior history of breast cancer we're very careful about that I do have some women who are getting hormones even after they've been treated for breast cancer I usually like to wait three or five years afterwards. Uh, Strong family history, we'll use it, but we'll watch them carefully. I know that breast cancer is not just connected to uh, hormone situations, but also lifestyle situations. What are they eating? How much do they weigh? Are they drinking alcohol? How much exercise do they get? You want the lifestyle to be in the right place because if it isn't, the risks go up. Well, this is very interesting information and thorough as well, Doctor. We appreciate your time, and we look forward to having you on again. In the meantime, you can catch more of Dr. Sosin and Dr. Zermino uh, on their website, iprogressivemed.com, and learn more about their passion for alternative medicine and the other great things they're involved with. We look forward to our next visit. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market radio show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.